What a great day. What a great day. I want to greet all of you that are here in this room, all of the people that are following us online. We have First Church Sterling Heights. We got First Church Windsor, Ontario. We have First Church Loveland, Colorado. First Church Sydney, Australia. My precious friends, I, Bishop Terry Smith, who writes me, has written me for years, every Saturday. Always writes me, every Sunday morning at 6, Joel Hines from Winfield, Louisiana. Precious people that write to me from the Quad Cities, Dallas, Texas, Orlando, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, on and on and on I can go. To the amazing fellows that I call my boys, to Jamil McLaurin and Royal Oak, and Sean Cabot there, and Ron Lichtel Jr., Grand Rapids, District Superintendent of Minnesota. Wow. The guy I call Lance a lot. Lance Pittman, downtown Detroit. It's great people. Just on and on and on. We've been very, very blessed. 2020 is coming to an end. As you are aware, 2020 is an optical term that means perfect vision. <laughs> but little did any of us see what was coming this time last year. <laughs> and know what was going to be asked of us. But if I would have known how and who was going to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and healed and added to this body then, and oh, by the way, we we're going to have to deal with this little virus issue, I would have taken this year gladly. We have been so fortunate and so blessed. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your sacrificial when you're such generous giving we have been it's just been a great time first Christmas card was sent in 1843 by a man named Henry Cole Henry isn't very well known in America but in the United Kingdom he is responsible for the Victoria and Albert Museum the Postal Service had just begun what they called their penny post program. You could send a letter anywhere in the kingdom for a penny. Henry grew tired of the negative and depressing letters and notes that he usually got at the end of the year, so he had a great idea. And he drew a simple sketch and had a great artist friend named Horsley who made it into a, the very first Christmas card that was ever sent. And uh, it simply said, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. At that time, 100% of all Christmas cards mentioned Christ. Today, less than 1% of all Christmas cards mention Christ. They'll just say, Happy Holidays. But we don't do that. Yeah. I was going to talk about that, but I thought that was just a little too depressing. So uh, I, uh, I've been collecting fear knots for years. There are 366 
fear nots in the Bible. I, uh, I've always kind of had a wish that I, I wanted to write daily journals. I'd like to one day write a daily journal. I've saved for years. I've saved something. I just call them random thoughts. As of right now, I have 284 of them. And uh, when I get to 365, I always kind of thought maybe I'd put out a daily journal and have a, a great thought for every day. But I think a better idea than that would be to take one of these fear knots and have a fear knot for every day. But it's Christmas time. And there are four fear knots that are associated with this whole event. The first one is in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. While he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream and said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And the first fear not I'm going to remind you of is, please don't ever be afraid when the Lord gives you direction. Because Satan is the diametric opposite of Jesus Christ. Jesus one time said, I am the truth. And the opposite of the truth is a lie. And that's what Satan is. Jesus said, I am the life. So the opposite of that is death. But at the beginning of that phrase, he said, I am the way. Which means simply, I, I'll get you to where you need to go. And if Satan is the antithesis of Jesus, then he is the lack of direction or the word lost. I was talking to a missionary this week. So excited as he and his wife and his very young family were packing their shipping container getting ready to head to a very militant Muslim country. And yet there was not one word of fear, not one word of dread while I talked to him, absolutely certain that they were headed for a harvest. And if that man and his family were willing to go into that circumstance with that attitude, how in the world can you and I go into this coming year with any less then great faith that we as well are going to have a harvest in this city as well. How in the world, in good conscience, can you continue to want to marry a girl who has just told you she's carrying a baby and yet she's never been unfaithful to you? How can she go to the well while all of those other women their snides and their jeering remarks. You can do that if an angel has told you you're carrying the salvation of the world in your womb. This whole Christian experience began with a young couple being asked to trust the direction that God had mapped for them. Fear not. Don't be afraid going to ask you to do something. 
but I'm going to be there with you. Please, ladies and gentlemen, do not ever, ever be afraid of divine direction. Ever. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, or said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And my second fear for you to not worry about is please don't ever be afraid that your prayers aren't going to be answered. There is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Raised in a little country church, I used to hear Sister Durbin every service say, I have a special unspoken request. And I still remember saying under my breath, well then why in the world are you talking? Unanswered prayer is an oxymoron. It's like saying jumbo shrimp or military intelligence or airline cuisine. Those two words do not go together. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no, but I promise you, he answers prayer. We live in the delusion that answered prayer always means God's going to give me what I want. I'm here to stand and tell you very adamantly that I can't promise you that he will give me what I want, but I can promise that he will give me what he wants and what he knows I need. Thank God for the prayers of mine that he never said yes to. Wow. I would have been in another city, married to a horrible, ugly woman. It would have been a bad, bad day for me if God would have given to me what I wanted so adamantly back then. And that's where a life of faith is so powerful because that prayer, the prayers that we pray are not so much a petition for his help as that prayer is preparing us for his response. The news is great. My grace is sufficient for you. He's going to answer. He's a talking God. That's what he does. The effectual, fervent prayer of righteous people avails. Webster's definition of avail is it's an advantage. We have an advantage when we pray. Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, And the angel said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Please do not ever be afraid that he doesn't love you. Love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That kind of love is a God idea. And there is nothing that any one of us can do that will put you too far away from him that he can't reach you. 
or too deep that he can't dig you out. If there's one sin that the blood can't fix, then the blood can't fix any of them. There is nothing that you can do that's so repulsive and so repugnant that it would cause him to say, I don't want anything to do with you because a broken and a contrite heart he will never despise. This God that we serve honors faith wherever he finds it at. And finally, the angel said, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You have nothing to fear from God's salvation. When this government says, I'm going to save you, I'm terrified. But I have nothing, nor you have nothing to fear from the salvation. This gospel message of death, burial, and resurrection is the antidote for what avails you. Long before Pfizer figured out a vaccine for COVID, Jesus figured out an answer for sin. The answer, ladies and gentlemen, is not rehab. It's reborn. You identify. Oh, Jesus. Identify with his death, with your repentance. Identify with his burial, with your water baptism in his name. Identify with his resurrection from the grave by allowing the Holy Spirit to come into your spirit and manifest that inner victory with an external voice that exalts him with another tongue. Fear and faith, ladies and gentlemen, are Siamese twins. Fear said, I can't see it. I know it's going to happen. It's going to be really bad. Faith says, I can't see it, but I know it's going to happen, and it's going to be God. Please, don't ever be afraid of his plan for your life. Don't ever be afraid that he will ignore your prayers. Please don't buy into the lie that he doesn't love you. And for goodness sakes, don't ever shy away from baptism in his name and the infilling of the Spirit. I've never, I saw it this morning in the first service when we baptized Logan. I have never seen anybody baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost, that went, ooh, ugh. Why in the world did I ever let you talk me into that? All I saw is a young man coming out of this water today with a smile on his lips and a shine on his face. Don't be afraid. Stand with me. We're just living in a culture that's trying to scare people slapped to death. But I'm not buying into that. Fear not. There's more than one for every day that you're going to live this year and the next year and the year after that. Lift your hands with me and lift your voice. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you have done.
We honor you in this house right now. We are so grateful to have the privilege to serve you and not just to walk with you and to work for you. Your word says they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. We thank you, God, for miracles, signs, and wonders. We've seen the miracles. We read the signs, but we've all been fascinated, Lord, with the wonders that you have performed in our lives and in the lives of others. And so today, God, we lift them up again and we exalt you, Holy Lord, that Jim foot right now. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to strengthen his spine. Take all pain away. Help him, Lord, to walk pain-free. Help him to walk without a numb leg. Help him, Lord, Jesus, to be an example as he so often has been of your healing power and the amazing wonder that you can make a reality. Oh, Jesus, we ask you, God, in this year coming, based on what we've seen you do in this crazy environment called Corona. Oh, Jesus, we realize that Corona is not the king of viruses. Amen. We are exalting the king of kings. And we're going to continue to lift up our hands and we're lifting up our heads and we're going to lift up our voice and we are going to be a witness for you for all that you have done. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray and call it done. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) And so, I'll give you a prophecy that I heard. I guess it was an interpretation of tongues I heard years ago in a little church in Texas. I heard a man stand up, began to speak with tongues, And a woman stood up right after that and said, Yea, I say unto thee, Merry Christmas. God bless every one of you. Thank you so much for being here today. Amen.